patreon.com sidequest studios four dollar shows and that will be cool yo that's all i got that's my rap <laughs> uh, so I, I even rap for you people ridiculous Hello out there, you Jurgen Hergen and Merkin Jerkins. Welcome to Thrones of Game. This is the Game of Thrones podcast where we watch the series backwards. If you've never heard the show before, let me explain there, friend. My name is BT Calloway. I've already seen the entire show. And joining me as always is Elliot Joe O'Neill, the man who had never watched a single episode of Game of Thrones until we started watching in reverse order. Elliot, how are you doing there, buddy? Oh, I'm great, man. I'm just like a spider who just had his ass shaved. <laughs> Smooth. We just watched <laughs> season two, episode two, entitled The Nightlands. Uh, Elliot J. O'Neill, what just happened? A lot of discussions about baby murder. Lot. This one's all about the babies. There's the baby murder, they're getting birth, they're getting, like, made into smoke monsters. Ah, oh, it's, it's and, a lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah, great discussions about how one got murdered, and I mm. guess we'll look forward to that on our season finale next oh, week. yay. Thank God there's scotch. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, I mean, for those of you playing at home, this isn't, again, it's not one where, like, anything big happens. You kind of see what Cranston does, does with his sons, uh, and... Um, Theon this... tries to hit on his own sister. Oh, yeah, that's right. See, Theon arrives at the Iron Isles and, uh, you know, just, just a little too comfy with his... What he doesn't know is his sister at the time, but still. And, uh, yeah, Stannis makes a smoke monster with the Red Woman. All right. So that's how smoke assassins are born. That's where smoke monsters come from. Ah. Hmm. Uh, but what was your My MVP <laughs> of this Elliot... Of, of this Elliot? What was the... Uh, Fuck. My mum told me that uh, smoke assassins were brought by the smoke stalk. Smoke stalk, yeah, makes sense. But what was your MVP of this what episode? What was my your MVP? Most valuable part? I didn't make a note of it, actually. Yeah, because um, you're right. Like, I didn't hate this episode, and I'm definitely not using the snoring bit because I was engaged the whole time. Mm. But yeah, you're right. Not a lot of big things, and in that kind of not a lot of. You know what? I'm going to throw an MVP out to Sam from another series because yeah. he was absolutely another seriesing very hard yeah. in this episode. His, his naive charmingness is just well charming. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and I think I guess this is the first time we see Gilly. Uh, I'm taking that as well. Yeah, she gets spooked out by Ghost, who's like, hey, you have a rabbit. Can I eat it? And yeah. she's all like, oh, God, that's a big wolf. <laughs> Why are its r eyes red? Yeah, which, you know, fair, fair. Uh, yeah. And, and then, then, yeah, Sam, he's just like, shoo, go shoo, on. Off you, off you hop, you giant wolf. <laughs> oh, it's, he's really quite lovely when you get to know him. <laughs> and then she's, you're so brave. And yeah. It's just, uh, just watching his face change there and like, yeah, I'm kind of annoyed they skipped over the bit where she explained it to Sam, but i got to say that whole back and forth with uh, Jon Snow was quite good. Yeah, I think that was just saving time. So, you know, yeah. you, you don't have her explain what's going to happen to Sam and then have Sam explain it to Jon. You just have them both explain it to Jon. But even then, didn't fully explain it. Just like, no, you don't understand what he does if they're born a boy. Yeah. Which is, you know, and then Jon finds out. Anyway, um, I guess there's a bit of a problem in, you know, she's pregnant. Later on, you see a baby, but you don't know it's not hers yet because that happens later. But yeah, just on that meat cute with the wolf. I do like that this sound design when you know he's looking at Gilly just kind of falls away just a little bit, and it's just them in a moment. It's it's nice. It's a very subtle move. Yeah, he can't even think of a score in his head. He's just so captivated <laughs> by this young woman. 
Yep, and he's thi- well. They were talking farts once again earlier when they were all just like, "Oh, you fart when you die." And Sam's like, "Oh yes, I know. You've read it in a book." Uh, <laughs> no, that's later actually. But um, yeah, he's maybe just standing there going, "Okay, don't fart, Sam. She's very pretty. Don't, yeah, don't fart." <laughs> very clenched. Uh, yeah, but on that, yeah, I read it in a book. It's just like, "What are you going to deliver a baby?" I, I could try. <laughs> I read about it in a book I did. Yeah, that's like his catchphrase, which I wish really just was like throughout the rest of the series. Uh. Everything he does is, I read in a book. <laughs> Sam, how are your teeth not fucked up anymore? Well, I read about this thing called brushing. Yeah. <laughs> it got something called gingivitis. And again, just not being able to appreciate some of the bigger moments of the later season, like when he turns up at that Citadel and just sees m- so many books. He's like, I'm going to read about so many things <laughs> in books. Yeah. Oh, wonderful stuff. Uh, yeah. So, like, yeah, his optimism, he's great. He brings a nice bit of levity, even to the bleak moments of this show. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, especially in the follow-up scene where John does see what happens with the baby. So yeah. this is two babies we've seen, newborns. Yeah. So we see one get taken by a White Walker. We don't really see what happens. And the other one we see it get taken away and kind of teleported to the Night King who gives a little tap on the noggin yeah. and its eyes turn blue. And here's me without my base to do the dun 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 joke. Yep, that's true. This is the problem of moving house. You don't have anything in this room anymore. <laughs> in fact, I mean, it can't possibly, but it almost feels echoier in here because there's nothing in here. Yeah, Which it right. can't. It's a soundproof room. It does not echo. <laughs> no. <laughs> and yet, it just feels like it does. Like It echoes visually, I guess. Yeah, um, that's probably worth mentioning. I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but yeah, this could be the last Thrones of Game that's happening yeah, in this in room. Yeah, in the traditional side quest studios. Yeah. Um, I don't know, we haven't organised far enough ahead, but maybe. So next time we'll be in a completely different location, possibly, maybe. I don't know. Stay tuned for Does... the se- season seven finale of Thrones of Game. Mm, yeah, won't make a difference to you people at home. Cause not really. It's just going to be audio. But hey, for us, it's sentimental. It's not all about <laughs> you, audience of 25. We love you. Uh, so who was your MVP? I'm just trying to, because I didn't write down little M, which I usually do. Um, I kind of, okay, a cut I'm going to mention, and then we'll talk about under the nudity heading, was the switch from like one nudity to the next when you go mm. from uh, Theon with, with his cabin girl to uh, Littlefinger's House of Pleasure. It's a interesting cut it's just piling all the nudity in one snatch cut mm, oh, snap well, i'm sna- not very happy with that one i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's an unpleasant term <laughs> yeah it really is it's- um but then we get to uh we have Tyrion walking around whistling Ca- reigns of castlemere and then we see shay and Varys having a chat and i'm like that would have been a fun chat i mean mm. it's one of those things where i'm glad we didn't focus on it because it would have just been a back and forth thing it would have been much in terms of plot, but just the idea of it is very nice. They're both very sharp-witted people. It would have been fun. And they have this kind of, what I'm assuming is subtext, where uh, Vera says, oh, such a charming woman. You were lucky to have found her in the king's kitchens. Almost beggar's belief. It's mm. like He's like saying, yeah, dude, I know this is not where she really came from. It's like, oh, you must truly taste her fish pie. Yeah. And then uh, Shay's all like, I take it as Varys as being a man who doesn't enjoy fish pie. And I'm like, are we in badge talk right now? <laughs> Again, it's not a metaphor I enjoy, but it's one people use, and I feel like that's where we are. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that... No, and it's sort of interesting here seeing Tyrion and Varys not on the same team. Yeah, like not hostile exactly, but he's definitely given the, I know what you're doing here, and yeah. I figured it out, and I want you to know I figured it out. And then later on, there's a good little threat back and forth where Tyrion mm. just stops the door and is like, 
look, I know we have little jabs at each other, but if you betray me, I'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> and Varys is like, oh, you can try, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, this is, again, leaning into that uh, theory that Varys was actually a squid person because he's got a bit where Tyrion says, I'll throw you in the ocean. He says, oh, you might be quite disappointed with the result. But he's clearly talking in metaphor. Yeah. Like, he's meaning, you know, try to, try to cross me. You're the one that's going to get it hurt. Bitch. That's it. And yeah, that uh, really does give some more context with the episode we just watched where Tyrion did the test to see who would betray him. And Mm. yeah, Varys uh, held his word. So yeah, very interesting. Yep. Again, Varys, just subtle uh, employee of the month, as always. Big Mm. fan of everything he does. Uh, Let us then move on to nudity. There's a fair bit. There's a bit of nudity. So there's this, this woman in Theon's cabin who's just there to keep him company, I guess. I don't want this episode to be called this, but we did see the three types of boobs here. <laughs> where she was sitting and where she lied down mm-hmm. and when she was uh, in doggy. Um, yeah. I uh, just I just wanted to have it mentioned. I'm yeah. not proud of myself for noticing <laughs> this. But we do have the three types of blank as one of our running type yeah. title gags. So, I mean, I'll try to steer away from it. It just means we got to push harder to figure out something better as we go. Yeah, but... No, I quite, um, another scene that was I uh, found quite captivating as well, it's like, yeah, she's desperately trying to, you know, be wed to a king or something. Yeah, someone important. And she's bigging up um, his importance, and he's obviously loving that. Mm-hmm. And then just how much the rest of the episode just smashes it. Oh, yeah. Because you're like, oh, you could make me your salt wife. And he's all like, mm, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there, yeah, then rocks up on shore and he's like expecting like a big fanfare of people there to greet him. He's like, no one here. Did they get the day wrong? Are they using a different calendar? Mm. I'm going to ask someone. He asks someone. They're like, the complete stone facing him. Yeah. And he's like, okay, here's a coin. Tell me. He's like, I'll get you a horse then, dipshit. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then Yara rocks up and is all like, oh, hey, I know you. And he's all like, oh, well, you're going to know me, baby. Yeah. And mm. the particular feeling up of her, I was just like, yeah, because I was like, wait, what the fuck's happening? Oh, okay. Sh- he doesn't. Uh, uh, yeah. Like, but does she know? And then, like, because especially the way he was touching her and it was very like full on mm-hmm. like i mean even though it was all uh, under the clothes and like we didn't see anything like there is some suggestive circlings you know oh my yes <laughs> like and she kind of lent into it at certain points yeah i'm still wondering what the point of this was just uh, to well, embarrass him she mentions it in the next episode slash last episode where she's like oh i wanted to know what kind of man you were and i found out at the same time, like, he grabs a boob, okay, fine, you're playing this game, I guess, still gross, but then when he goes into her pants, you think, oh, well, stop. Yep. Dude, okay, the game is up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, weird. I just wrote down, ha-ha, ooh. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's certainly there. Yep. So anyway, why I did mention the three types of boobs as well is because, like, uh, yeah, don't get me wrong, very beautiful woman, amazing uh, nude body. It's just, I just found it interesting how very different Mm. her boobs looked in each of those three poses. Oh, yeah, transformative boobs. They Mm. uh, they occur. Um, But yeah, so we smash cut from that nudity to Littlefinger's pleasure house where some guy runs out and he's like, I'm not satisfied. And this other woman walks up and he's like... And oh, the other fucking can't believe this happened in the yeah, episode. Yeah, I know, which is like, eh, just is where, um, yeah, Littlefinger finds this other prostitute and just, just wipes her mouth mm. and uh, pushes her towards the dissatisfied guy. It's like, ah, I just saw that, didn't I? Okay. Yep. Little, Littlefinger just carries a cum rag. All right. <laughs> well, there we go. 
there's a thing I know now. Well, I, I guess if you're going to run an establishment uh, like yeah, that in a time look, like that. I guess it's a thing, but, you know. Um, so but yeah. Just to go from the wipe to the open mouth. I know. Very French kiss. <laughs> hey, hey, yep, difficult to watch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Again, well, if it's a thing, fine, but I feel bad for... Well, he, I almost feel bad for the guy for being unsuspecting. He didn't know. He didn't see this mouth wiping happening, yeah. so he's got no idea what just happened. Yeah, um, but yeah, Littlefinger then has a discussion with Roz, and we find out she's sad that this other woman uh, who works there had her baby killed by the Gold Cloak guards, mm. uh, which is, you know, a big point of this entire episode, so it comes up a few times, as does babies in general. we get to more of that. Yeah. Um, but then Littlefinger, in what is one of his more evil turns, is basically just like, look, I know you're sad, and that's very rough. Let me tell you about this other woman that I used to work here that was sad often, and she wasn't making me money, and that's a bad investment, and I really hate bad investments. So someone then offered me a whole lot of money to transform her in ways that would not occur to regular men. You, and you know the kind of things that occur to regular mm. men. Well, I won't say she uh, didn't stop crying, but she was transformed. It's like... Dude, Jesus! All kinds of fucked up. I, know, like, I was like, "Holy shit!" This is shit, yeah, bro. dialogue that just puts some horrid thoughts in your head. Just it's it's that horror movie thing of the horror you can't see is so much worse than the one yeah. you can because you are going to the darkest recesses of your own imagination as to what transformed could mean. Yeah, um, uh, was Darth Maester involved? Was he all like, <laughs> "I want a bride for my Frankenstein I'll have in a few years." Mm. Yeah, transformed. Yeah. Fuck. That's, I mean, that's, I mean, bravo to the scene. It's well yeah. acted. I love the change in the score. I love Roz's reply acting, who's all just facial expression and just, oh shit. Yeah, like, and it's, yeah, one of these things, it's like, this is horrible, done well. And like, yeah, yeah you're right. The score, how that turns and how, like, he's using those sort of comforting sort of body language and he's mm. still using it while doing this very thinly veiled yeah. threat and like uh just the the choice of sort of lighting and shadowing and stuff it oh, was uh be artful. beautifully made terribleness you know? yeah <laughs> again we need a word for this we, by the end of the series we have to come up for a word for terrible done well mm-hmm. um because it is exactly that and you feel just awful watching it but the fact that you feel something is the point and it's really good yeah, and sort of for the most part, Baelish to me has sort of been a bit of a, I don't know, not ever a threat. Like, he's just sort of been this, mm. you know, smooth-talking douchebag. Yeah, he's been a power player, but it's always yeah. just been very rarely any kind of violence directly from his lead. Oh, maybe in, like, subtly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he's an interesting figure in that, especially in terms of, you know, how to play the game and stuff. But yeah, just showing the worst of him that, yeah, he has power over, yeah, these women in mm. his employ, and that's where he chooses to flex, and it's just like, oh, yeah, you but suck, I mean, dude. also too, that this story might be a lie. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. He could be making that up just to be threatening, in which case is, you know, also still horrible to threaten someone with that, but it, you know, it could be part of the game. Who the hell knows? Mm. And yeah, I like that we don't know. It's very good. Uh, moving on then to violence. We did not have any. Nope. So we sort of did at the beginning where the gold cloaks rock up and they're like, we're looking for Gendry Baratheon. He's all like, well, these are all men going to be men of the Night's Watch. And so they're beyond the rule of kings. So why don't you fuck off and mm. the horse you literally rode in on? Oh, my God. Why? Uh, I even used his quote in the opening. Yeah, this is my MVP of the episode. This fucking guy. Because I even wrote down Night Watch dude is awesome. Yeah. And yeah. He has a great line of, you know, 
the gold like goes for his sword and he guys already just puts a blade between his legs and is like yeah so many people are always worried about the neck but I don't even think about what's down below and all I have to do is nick the artery in your leg and that artery is staying nicked yeah. because no one here knows how to fix it so why don't you fuck off and then he takes his sword as just the power plate he's like yeah. nice he steals his steel as I wrote down uh, <laughs> nice yeah and then has a great line of yeah man I, I sharpened this knife this morning could shave a spider's ass like yeah. damn dude just oh the imagination of the, like what a threat to have the word spider's ass next to each other and still be like like scary like, i know because well it makes you a picture spiders which no one enjoys doing no nope. and b just thinking about the little hairs on their butt getting pinked off by this blade mm-hmm. and the spider being like just a little bit off the top okay <laughs> like not too much you still want to be cool yep yep i may have eight, eight hours but if you could use the mirror i want to see the back <laughs> yeah oh uh, could you like shave a word into there <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what do i want web that's a little too obvious spider with a y <laughs> Ooh, yeah it'll be like spy and like i'm a spy <laughs> yeah yeah let's get that bro mm. Uh, but yeah, I loved yeah that whole dialogue with the whole yeah no one wonders what's down below and he's like got the sword in his crotch and you're like thinking oh he's saying love the dick off but no yeah the fucking thigh artery yeah it was not cock talk like I thought it was gonna be which uh, alone would be a fair threat but yeah. yeah it's like oh yeah there's an artery right there that will murder you quite well mm-hmm. yeah oh it's the one that they uh, when they're doing heart bypass surgery they pull it up from the leg and reattach it up there to the heart to make that work yeah fascinating yeah. Mm. There's our recommendation. Yep. Half bypass surgery. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Recommended by the thro- thrones of game. Um, but yeah, in this opening scene as well, we meet a man. Mm, yes, the murder genie. Was that uh, what you were referring yeah, to? Yeah, because he gives his name as Jurgen Hagen, I think. I wrote down J- Jagen Hacker. <laughs> yeah, I, and then next to that I wrote down Merkin Jurgen. <laughs> but uh, murder genie is, is better for my, my, mm-hmm. my personal tastes. Yeah, um, yeah, and again, he's already straight off the bat being kind of mystical other dude because the other two prisoners are like, ah, give us some water, you fucking cunt knuckle. Yeah. And he's all like, a man does not choose his compatriots, but a man would enjoy a drink if a girl would provide it. I was like, mm-hmm. a boy, he doesn't know at this point. Or he knows and he's... he's... just not not giving up the game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah um... It's so funny how much they've made him stand out. I swear they, like, do an isolated filter on mm. him. <laughs> And just to be a bit more glowy and his yeah. eyes to be a bit well, more they, piercing. They just don't cover him in shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Those other two were covered in shit. Yeah, really nasty teeth. Oh, gross. Yellowing. Yeah, but no, that, because we know eventually that he is this kind of mystical assassin dude. So yeah. fair enough that he does really stand out throughout the entire thing. Yeah, it's a good bit. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, and then just on, uh, we see some Aria, uh, Aria Hot Pie and that guy, Gendry. And, uh, you know, there's a little bit of that messing around. And I do like the kind of debate between the kid who gets stabbed in the next episode and uh, mm. Hot, Hot Pie is like, I've seen a battle. It's like, fuck off. You have not. And he's like, no, no, I saw two guys fighting. Like, two guys fighting is not a battle. Well, they are wearing armor. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just wrote down, what, what's a battle? <laughs> he said, what's that rattle? Oh, you hear beers? Is ours? Yes. Uh, I kept being reminded of, I don't remember who the fucking quotes attributed to, you know, I don't know what pornography is. Uh, I don't know how to define it, but I know it when I see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's weirdly enough like a Supreme Court judge or something weird like that. Yeah. When they were doing one of these like uh, censorship kind of debates. Yeah, I know. It's like, I think I I remember it as being someone, yeah, who was quite conservative and Mm. it's like, yeah, actually, just a phrase for, like, going, yeah, it's ill-defined. Yeah. And, yeah, I do like the sort of discussion of a battle, because, yeah, isn't two dudes pull- 
Brawling yeah. outside how, a how many people are required for it to be a battle? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Three? Seven? I don't know. But yeah, even Gendry going, yeah, of course not. Any idiot can get armor. How do you know? I sold armor. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, well, like, the guy was fighting in armor. He was a knight, but just because he was in armor. Yeah. Like, All right. Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's stupid. Yeah. And yeah, Hot Pie was wonderful. I wonder what point he did find out that Arya was a girl. I don't know, because I don't seem to reveal it to the other guys. Yeah. Um, I can't remember it happening, at least. I mean, it doesn't matter, but... No, still, but, yeah. um, yeah, this was a big secret, and I do, like, Gendry figures it out, and he's all like, look, I'm not going to tell anyone. People are looking for me, apparently. This is weird. And then Arya kind of trusts him a bit more and says, I'm Arya Stark. And he's like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have, like, made all those cock jokes earlier. <laughs> she's like, no, he's like, no, no, it's not fit for my lady. He's getting... Oh, I talked about the piss. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, and she shoves him. He's like, well, that's not very ladylike. And he shoves him. Goes, that's really unladylike. It's, it's such a good little child playful moment yeah 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 um and he also has a good line of like uh you shouldn't insult people bigger than you and she's like then i never get to insult anyone yeah. <laughs> it's a good bit yeah this this almost like uh you know coming of age high school trip story that's happening mm. in the background almost without all you know the murder it is almost a shame that like and you know as good as the Arya and the hound stuff was yeah it's almost a shame that yeah this little trio was mm. yeah, uh, pretty much cut short yeah, very short-lived. Again, I would have liked to have watched some more of that. Yeah. There are a lot of road trips in this movie now that I'm in, I'm in this show, now yeah. that I talk about it. <laughs> um, Yeah, well, that is all the violence notes. Oh, but yeah, just a bit of clarification, and I can't mm-hmm. believe I've never really thought about this. Mm-hmm. So the Night's Watch on the wall are protecting King's Landing? Okay, no, the Night Watch, Night's Watch on the wall are protecting all of the kingdom, pretty much, from the wildlings right. uh, who want to come down and raid shit. And, of course, the wall was built back in the superstition of there being, you know, walking frozen undead people. But people obviously don't believe that over time because you know, mm. time has passed on. Or even if they did, you know, they, they may have once believed in giants, but they don't anymore. Or they think they're all extinct, which they virtually are, seeing as we see yeah. the last two die in this series. Uh, but no, they're protecting everyone. So if you think of, you know, England, uh, think of Scotland as being like the far north, the north north. Yeah. And then like Edinburgh being like Winterfell. And so the, the wall is a little bit north of that. And then everything down is just uh, all the other kingdoms and stuff. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, yeah, especially with that scene with Cersei going, oh, I'm sure the Night's Watch will protect us. So we'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're pretty was... far away. She's yeah. like in, I don't know. I don't know geography that well. Uh, I guess London, basically. Sure. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was just like something that I never put together. It's like, wait, what land are they protecting? Ah, oh, turns out most of them. Yep. The entire continent. It's just the wall is their first, last, and only real line of defense from mm. whatever is in the north. Mm. Uh, so we get a bit of, uh, again, just, just cutting Theon down, which at this point he does kind of need. Yeah. Uh, where he rocks up and his father's like, ah, look at you, you're in a skirts and all dressed all fancy. Ah, did you pay the iron price or the gold price? And he's like, mm. what? He's like, you know, did you murder someone and take it as a trophy or did you pay somebody for it? <laughs> it's like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? With money supporting an economy. <laughs> man. Well, yeah, because they're all like, we do not sow, we take what we want. It's like, dude, yeah. that's just, no, there's no fucking way. You live on an island without enough trees to build all these ships. How does this work? Yeah. You're stealing trees. Yeah, and <laughs> so, yeah, as part of a, the reveal, I do like how, yeah, it was revealed. It's like, you can't trust her, she's a girl. And it's like, dude, she's like led armies and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you're nothing. <laughs> yeah, what are you? You're some fancy lad with a stupid bauble you paid the gold price for. Yeah. Huh? 
There's some things in life money can't buy. For everything else, there's the iron price. Mm. Stab them. Which is, yeah, he's, he's a dick. I don't like that guy. But, uh, you know, I also don't like Theon at this point. So. No. <laughs> um, and then I do also like, there's a bit where, you know, he's having this whole rant and then he and Yara in unison go, what is dead may never die. And Theon just yeah. does it like a quarter second too late. So, like, mono, don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but it's a, it's a simple thing that just shows that, you know, these two are a unit and he's an outsider. And I do like that very, that very simple way of doing it. Yeah, yeah, there's... um. Yeah, so many ways that you can show that he hasn't been here for nine years, and that was a great one. Yeah, although it makes me wonder how old he's supposed to be, because he's like, well, I sent you away as a crying boy, and nine years later you return. But then he says, they had you for longer than I did. So it's like, okay, so he he's 17 at the most. I guess, yeah. You know, so... Yeah, all right, that's weird, but okay. Mm. Kind of just Yeah, it's kind of weird. They, I appreciate he's probably, again, 17 in the books. It kind of seems he's definitely doesn't look like a 17 year old in the show feels like maybe they should have changed that line of dialogue a little bit yeah no it's it's interesting actually like everyone in this show is actually younger than i thought they'd be yeah <laughs> i mean especially when we looked up um sansa's real age at the time of filming like oh wow she is actually very age appropriate yeah yeah uh yeah we get a little bit of uh dan brady and once again she gets the goddamn episode title despite having one scene Oh, is that what the Nightlands is about? Yeah, yeah. So uh, they're all lying there dying in the desert and this horse rocks up and it's got a sack on it dripping blood and obviously they've sent out like a scout or something and he's come back dead. And then this woman who is, I don't know, his wife or something comes up and starts bawling her eyes out. Mm. It's like, no, they didn't just kill him. They butchered him and now his soul is destroyed because the body won't be burned and he won't ride in the Nightlands. The mythos of their religion is, you know, when you die, you go to the Nightlands, we can ride forever in these endless fields and battle. I guess uh, maybe like Valhalla, I'm not too sure. Wow. Um, this was such a small scene. Like, Yeah, episode title, for some reason. And it was just making me wonder what happened to all these women they were traveling with. They seemed like such an important part, especially in this and the last episode, mm. and then they get overshadowed by the army. Like, I guess once you've got an army... Yeah. yeah, but even I mean, some of them do stick around and become our handmaidens and stuff. But in, eventually, it is just Miss Sunday, and yeah. that's it. Yeah, I, I mean, it sort of makes me disappointed because, like, from what I'm gathering from context, is that these are her, you know, her uh, like what's left of her village or something, her family, and um, yeah, kind like, of, yeah, just like the bare people that will you know travel with her and yeah. follow her into the. Certain the, death. The and few people when she left the office and was like, all I want to know is who's coming with yeah. me. And these are the people who came with her. Um, yeah, I mean, it would have been a simpler thing to maybe just, maybe, and maybe they did, and I just didn't notice, just have them like wandering around her encampment. Mm-hmm. And that would have helped sell the idea of, you know, freedom and liberation that she has these women who feel safe to just walk around doing whatever it is they do and maybe falling in love with Unsullied or whatever. I don't know, but just being people, you know? Yeah, because she's not doing much to build. Well, she has, like, through the course of the series, haven't hasn't done much to build, like, her kingdom. She's just mm. been, like, gathering an army this whole yeah. time, and you don't get a sense that there's actually civilians in amongst this yeah. whole thing. She, she's been paying the dragon price and just yeah. burning shit down and yeah. taking it. Yeah, that's but, it. Now that I realize that, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> she takes a city by conquering it. She gets an army by just yeah. murdering the guy who's selling it. Uh, Dan Brady, bit of a bitch. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's the one freaking scene of her, and she gets the episode title again. Just uh, just took what she wanted, man. Pretty much. 
Um, let's see. Uh, then we get a bit Tyrion talking to Captain Headless, uh, who's Lord Janus, apparently. Oh, the the dinner scene. I was like, have I seen this guy? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the guy who's at the wall gets gets decapitated by John like uh, ages from now. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. I completely forgot he was in this before, but uh, yeah, he's. You find out that he's betrayed Ned Stark, who was the previous Hand of the King, and it's like, well, you know, I'm Hand of the King now, and obviously you don't have a problem betraying Hands of Kings, so, uh, fuck off to the wall, please, bye. Yeah. Very good thing of, yeah, mm. the old, uh, threatening dinner scene, and it's like, oh, you should have stopped at him, and, and yes. all that stuff. Could have made this easy on yourself, yeah. Uh, turn around, look who's there. It's That's my it. assassin. It's all the guards, yeah, with mm. Bronn, who's being awesome as always. Although he does have, he does, although yeah, he does have a bit of like Bronn. Would you, if I told you, if I gave you an order to murder an infant, would you do it without question? He goes, no, I'd ask how much. Yeah. It's like, Bron, I mean, I like to think you have limits. I like to think you're just playing at that one. Come on, dude, I want to like you. Come on, Bron. So, look, look. Um, Thrones of Game does not support infanticide. Inf- infanticide. Don't kill babies. I know it's a bold <laughs> stance, but we take it. We take it proudly. Yeah, yes. you can quote us on that. Don't murder babies. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I think that is all my notes on that part. Merkin jerkin, spider's ass. <laughs> uh, let's move to my other page. Ha ha, you. Oh, yeah, and then she's all like. Because when, you know, Theon's flirting with Yara, he's like, oh, mm. you can come into the castle, it'll be a night to tell the children. And she's like, I don't think that'll be a story appropriate for children. Yeah. But later on, during the reveal that it, actually she's his sister, she's like, oh, this will be something to tell the children. I was like, really? This is, this is a story. So your uncle, get, get this. this. <laughs> oh, wild. He came back after nine years and finger banged me on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I just, there's. I mean, I was about to say there's no other way to say that. There definitely are other ways to say that. However, I steered into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Then we have Sir Davos having a meeting with the brown pants pirate. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. This was a, a bit of a fun back and forth of... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Davos just has really good negotiation scenes, I reckon. Yeah, and I love this kind of background of him being a smuggler. Mm. Uh, I really want to watch... <laughs> you know what? There's a spin-off I would love to see. I mean, you can't get the same actor because de-aging him would suck, but... yeah. Man, he just sounds like he has such amazing adventures I want to know about. You know what? Don't make a series. Make like an audio drama of him just sitting down and telling me stories of his adventures on the high seas. Oh, fuck yes. I would fucking love that. Tales of the Onion King. Yes! Oh my god! (laughs) Guy who plays Sir Davos and people who own the rights to Game of Thrones, give us both. Mm. Well, because, I mean, this was a bit of a diversion, but this was always my idea when Breaking Bad ended, is mm. just that I always thought there was so much more to tell with the Mike and Gus story. Yeah. And I'm glad that it's come back into Better Call Saul. And I've got to say, they've actually done an okay job of mm. de-aging both of them guys. Because, um, yeah, Better Call Saul is meant to be the prequel yeah, to Breaking cool. Bad. Yeah. But, I like, in my like best idea imagination i always thought it would be a good idea to do like a a pulpy um animated series about gus and mike like just a real limited series like one of those sort of graphic novel come Mm. to animation sort of style things yeah like i'm yeah i'm perfectly satisfied with the incarnation in better call soul because that show fucking rules but yeah um anyway something like that too game of thrones yeah yeah Oh. I, re- I reckon you could do some awesomely stylized. It's still HBO, and they yeah. listen to this show, obviously. Obviously, all of HBO, all twenty-five people <laughs> who listen to this podcast are some. One of them is just like broadcasting through all of HBO. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, 
just keep up the good work there, guys. And also give us Tales of the Onion Night. I want to want to listen slash watch that. That sounds excellent. Hey, we are podcast producers. We mm-hmm. have made a audio drama series. Yep, fiction podcast, Pulp Fury Radio. You can see our work. And yep. We will work hard for you, especially for that HBO money. Oh, absolutely. If they give us the fucking um, Sir Davos to come commentate, uh, to do the narration oh, for man. us, we will produce the fuck out of oh, it. Oh, my, yes. Uh, but yeah, he's also got the good line of most pirates don't grow old. And it's like, mm. yeah, just trying to say, hey, look, I know you, this isn't a usual thing, but you can make a fortune and retire if you want. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a good little bit. Oh, um, my God. Also, the actor playing Sir Davos, Liam, Con- Liam Cunningham, mm-hmm. he's also not as old as I thought he'd be. Really? How old do you reckon he is? Uh, 47. I'm not great at ages. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's 59. Okay. Well, I, p- I picked him as being older. I just told you I'm not great with ages. So. <laughs> well, especially because we're watching him getting younger. I've still, like, I had it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, whatever. Yep. Uh, but then, yeah, so, uh, Pirate Brown Pants is all like, <laughs> I want the queen. It's like, what? He's like, you know, I want to bang the queen. It's like, we can't. No, <laughs> you're not going to let you rape her. He's like, no, no, I didn't say I was going to rape her. I said I was going to fuck her. Yeah. You're not going to get to do that. Like, <laughs> I can be very persuasive. You can tell I've never tried to fuck you. That's why you don't yeah. think I'm good at it. It's like, fair? I, I, I mean, we can promise you golden glory. Can't promise you that. But yeah. uh, I, I ha- shoot your shot, man. I felt like this happened at another point where someone, oh, it was What's-His-Face trying to convince Baelish to do the thing because he could have a chance with Catelyn. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, men being given promises of women, they <laughs> do not have a chance of fucking. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, in uh, Brown Pants's... Uh, favor? Yeah, sorry, I think thanks. <laughs> in Brown Pants's favor, he just says, look, just give me a chance. Yeah. That's it. I'll take, you know, not expecting anything else, not going to force myself, just give me a shot. Yeah. So, yeah, he's like Euron in that in that sense. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Tyrion and Seesaw hang out for a bit, and then he's all he like... He lines up a bunch of his pirates, and they do, take a chance, take a chance, take a, take a chance, chance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it, maybe maybe musicals impress Cersei. <laughs> it's sure. like, well, those harmonies are just... <laughs> I'm normally r- more attracted to people related to me, but... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a good, you know, good <laughs> performance. It's oh, I'm fi- New feelings awakening in Cersei. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Tyrion and Seesaw have a little back and forth, uh, where she's all like, oh, yeah, now you have the reputation of being a queen who slaughters babies. And she's yeah. all like, ah. And he's like, oh, Joffrey did that, didn't he? Or did he even tell you? I don't know which is worse. Another no Joffrey episode. Yeah, just his influence. Mm. Um. Yeah, and in that, I was like, hmm, is this just trying to, uh, Cersei having bad dialogue or the mm. show writing bad dialogue the whole it's the, a little bit off for her yeah the first joke you ever did was killing our mother i don't get it <laughs> yes our mother gone for the sake of you it's a biting line but it's a weird little yeah i guess hey like hey to bring this ugly little limp in the world but your mother's dead yeah I guess. You know, one of those, those dry, ironic humours, I suppose. I mean, obviously Cersei is not a person of the people and hasn't gone down to, you know, the various open mic nights mm-hmm. down in her kingdom. But yeah, she does need to learn a thing or two about <laughs> comedy. <laughs> so then, get this. A mother died. Eh. Ooh, tough crowd, though. <laughs> just see the little Bo Peep uh, crook just come off stage. Can I remind you, I can have you all murdered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's how she keeps getting laughed, and that's yep. why she thinks it's, she's a great comedian. Mm-hmm. There you go. 
Uh, and then we get a bit of Stannis hanging out with the Red Woman, who's all like, death by fire is the purest death. Uh, shut up, galaxy brain. And then they make a smack baby. Smoke, smoke, smack baby. Smack yep. baby. Smack <laughs> baby. Uh, yeah, and her hair is looking very denarius at the moment. Yeah, very curly. It's a lot of confidence in that woman. Mm-hmm. She does just drop that robe, and Stannis is like, oh, I'm married. And she's like, uh, have you seen this? <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh, let's do this. My wife's so have you also have you seen this <laughs> it was a very awkward scene that yeah she was practically starkers and then he was still wearing everything yeah like yeah. i get that you know we've laughed before about everyone you know having to untie everything and how long that takes yeah. but i mean surely like stannis did not have the time Nah. Uh, actually, as well in the sex scene with theon just no, i was gonna say him thrusting straight into it like yeah no, I, again, I took that as, especially when they're like missionary and the woman's like, ha oh, I can be your soul queen. But, but then when she's, you know, doggy style turned away from him, she's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's very telling. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, that's the end of my notes. Yeah, my notes too. Um, the other thing was just, yeah, Cranster's, we find out what happens to Cranster's sons mm. get left out for zombies. Uh, yeah, well, that puts me out of notes, and that puts you out of notes. Let's ask our final question. How did we get here, exactly? Well, I've been told that the next episode is called The North Remembers, mm. so we're just going to hear a bunch of uh, things that The North Remembers. Yeah, we're going to get a bunch of boomer humor. Yep. Like, uh, you know, how much of, oh, I remember when kids didn't have stick and balls. Oh, I remember. We used to play with rocks. Uh, uh, yep. The North remembers. <laughs> uh, oh, this guy's talking about books. I remember when we didn't have books. Ah, yeah. So, oh, just stare at them all day. Terrible. Give you square eyes looking at those pages. Oh, yeah. The North remembers. <laughs> How well I meant to learn things. If <laughs> Oh, learning things, you big brain. We used to use our brains for nothing. Yep. Just working because the North remembers. We yeah. used to use it for remembering things. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. We're going to get the Pepperidge Farm bit over an entire course of an episode. All right. And we're also going to drink some scotch. Woo! Yeah. Yeah, nice. All right. Well, until that scotchy, scotchy good time, I've been BT Calloway. That's been Elliot J. O'Neill. Good if bye. And for now, our watch is ending. Mm-hmm.